Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. I'm over here in Bogota, Colombia, and my good friend uh, David Smith is uh, over there in the Okanagan after an epic uh, cruise uh, trip. Uh, he was actually, we were Facebooking each other while he was on his cruise ship. And uh, you know, with uh, David, he has an incredible lifestyle. Uh, he's a full-time photographer, and he also does uh, speaking on cruise ships and uh, workshops. He has a lot of different online courses and resources, and especially is on world travel photography. And I know myself, I definitely need to take better pictures while we're traveling uh, so I'm looking forward to this interview uh, I've seen some of David's work online it's remarkable the vibrant colors and just the the way he captures people's emotions their faces and uh, it's just amazing uh, so highly recommend checking out David's work I'll have links below uh, so uh, uh, to start with uh, David uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better for the sake of listeners and viewers? I mean, I, we're, we're good buddies from back back in Vancouver, uh, but our listeners and viewers, uh, I think they would like to like, uh, get to know you a little bit better as well. So why don't you share a little bit more about yourself? Well, thank you, Rick, and it's a pleasure to be on your podcast, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking about uh, the world and the travel photography. I have a varied background. Um, I, was, I started off in the corporate world, and for about six years and uh, then got into working as uh, executive in smaller companies and then I got tired of all of that and I decided to do my own thing so I've been self-employed for 40 years and I've done a bunch of different things and every time I get into a smaller and a smaller organization and then became an entrepreneur so I got quite active in the technology businesses and turning them around and running them and fixing them. And then I decided about 20 years ago, my passion was really travel and photography. So let me pursue that. So being self-employed, I could sort of morph myself into that mode. Now your video is frozen. Are you still able to see me? And uh, what um, <clears throat> I did is decided to pursue digital photography. Um, Ironically, I have a degree in chemistry, and as soon as they took the chemistry out of photography, I got really interested in it. So uh, the result was I pursued digital photography in the 1990s before pretty well anybody had a digital camera. So I'm basically self-taught in that area. Now, you're... you're <clears throat> I'm waiting to see you again. <clears throat> I think you're coming in again. <clears throat> oh, there you are. Hello. I'm uh, about that. I'm here in Bogota, Colombia, as I mentioned. Uh, a little bit of a choppy Wi-Fi. Uh, but David, uh, you were sharing about the business and how you got into entrepreneurship and photography. <clears throat> yes, and uh, um, because of uh, being new, I pursued um, <clears throat> digital photography because of my corporate background, I knew PowerPoint really well. So I was actually producing multimedia slideshows in PowerPoint uh, in, the, in 1997. I mean, that's just a big deal. No one did that. And um, as a result of that activity, I got into teaching some digital photography techniques and started to teach um, classes uh, online. Um, my wife, Anna, and I are active travelers. In fact, um, a little bit more background way going way back we met in North Vancouver she was my next-door neighbor but we actually got engaged in Paris 
Paris, France, not Paris, Ontario. No. <laughs> so uh, we've already always had this passion for travel. So I didn't know what would happen if I pursued travel photography, but I decided to do it anyway. And uh, one day, um, my life changed uh, very significantly. I got an email from an artist who lived in Australia. And he wanted me to go aboard some cruise ships in Vancouver and photograph his artwork. And I did not know who he was. But he sent me money in advance, and I boarded a cruise ship with the intention of photographing the artwork that he had painted that was on in the walls of the cruise ship. And I knocked on the gangway door with my passport, and the attendant there said, one moment, sir, the captain will escort you aboard. Well, it turns out this artist that lived in Australia was the best friends of the owners of Holland America Cruise Lines. So I was given the royal treatment, and um, while I was in the captain's office, I asked him, how do you become a guest lecturer? And he said, send an email to so-and-so and tell her I sent you. So my two-sentence email was sent, and I got a call. <laughs> uh, soon after, uh, but uh, I, the call was made to me just as Anna and I were waiting, about to board a taxi mm -hmm. to do our own travel to Greece and Turkey. So I basically said, sorry, I can't join, do any guest lecturing on cruise ships for at least a couple of months because we're traveling. So I hung up and I went and hopped in the taxi and I told Anna, I says, I just turned down Holland America Cruise Lines. <laughs> And we traveled for two months, and they kept on emailing me, asking me when could I start. Well, because of the fact that I had created some curricula on digital photography, and it was online, they were looking for me to educate their cruise ship passengers about how to take pictures with these digital cameras. <clears throat> so I wasn't even interviewed. Um, I was asked when I was I returning from uh, our trip I told them on October the 6th and on October the 6th they called up and said are you ready and I says yes and they, they sent um, we'll send you our uh, the itinerary of what we would like you to chips we'd like you to join <clears throat> and they did well it turned out to be their entire itinerary for the following year for their entire fleet so we got to pick whatever cruises we want and we picked three, <clears throat> not knowing if we would like it. Well, that was 13 years ago, probably 60 cruises later. Wow. Um, when I started cruising, Anna and I had traveled to about 40 countries. <clears throat> and then with the cruise ship activity, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. It's a function of all these airplane rides you get. <laughs> uh, feel free to grab... Say again? I, I was saying, feel free to grab some water if you need to. I got some right here. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, you know, uh, amazing journey uh, Dave is sharing, and I know, uh, you know, he's been on cruise ships, so I always see the update. So, yeah, uh, tell us more about the cruise ship journey there. Okay, so that we uh, decided to give it a try, and um, <clears throat> uh, we loved it so much that we uh, proceed, pursued um, becoming um, – quite uh, entertaining, uh, producing multimedia slideshows. Um, I've learned that you, not a lot of people on cruise ships, are they're on vacation. They don't want to know technology and 
complicated stuff. So I do fairly simple things um, to help people enjoy their cameras while they're traveling. But in particular, what I do is I teach them how to interact with people, local people, using their camera as a technique to get to know people. And that's, I think, the most significant thing that I've learned to teach is that that aspect of travel. And I've had guests come back to me a week later, two weeks later, six months later, thanking me profusely for breaking their wall down and don't be such a jerk. Don't be so inane and not being able to communicate with people that you meet around the world. And that's the best part of travel for us is people. And um, so it's a privilege to do this, to get to travel as guests on cruise ships all, all over the world and share our passions. Then about six years ago, seven years ago, Anna, my wife, <clears throat> is a fabric artist, textile artist. And one of the guest lecturers was sick or couldn't make the trip. And um, the cruise director found out that Anna could do talks on textile arts. And one in particular that she's taught quite often is photo transfer, how to transfer photos onto fabric. And she did this presentation, uh, standing room only, uh, in a big bar area, people sitting on the floor. And the result was uh, suddenly we're now both becoming guest lecturers. So that uh, the result is uh, we're in demand because we occupy one stateroom. They have two resources. So we've made ourselves quite valuable to the, our, our, our clients. And that's what we do. And we continue to do this. And we're actually booked into the halfway into 2018 where wow. We're, wow. we've got travels. And it's, um, I can't believe how lucky we are to do this. So that's the thumbnail, morphing ourselves to basically follow your passion. You follow your passion, the rest will follow. And that certainly happened with both of us. Yeah, amazing backstory, David. Uh, thank you for sharing about how you got into the cruise industry and also the photography. I would love to uh, you uh, learn more about the photography side of things. So as a photographer, uh, you know what are some of the, the favorite things that you like to photograph? Tell us about... Uh, um, through your eyes, what are you looking for? Uh, what, what is that lens trying to capture? Okay, what I, I, I teach this on, on cruise ships, and I used to do workshops and classes back in Vancouver uh, five, ten years ago. Um, I teach about using light, understanding light. Uh, a lot of people just travel and take snapshots without even thinking that if they turn themselves a different direction or get their subjects to move, you'll have better light. So that's probably a significant thing to learn. You don't have to have any camera knowledge. It's just about what you see and where you point your camera. The other thing that I have learned that people need to understand is what I call border patrol. When you're taking a picture, when you're traveling, you're on vacation, you're, you're, you, your vacation brain is working, but your camera is not on vacation. It captures everything. So you got to watch for the edges. Don't cut off people's ankles. Wait for the bus to move out of the scene. I've seen so many great photographs ruined by 
people just quickly taking a picture without thinking about the edges of the picture, what cutting people's uh, uh, at the elbow, trees coming out of a person's head in the background, all that kind of stuff. You, there's these great photos, but they're just totally ruined by a minor defect, which actually d disturbs and makes people um, worry. When people look at a picture with a person's ankle cut off, they feel the pain of the person. <laughs> it's proven in focus groups. I'm kidding, but that's the <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> then there's the the business about everyone wants to shoot an automatic. I've met so many cruise ship passengers that spend tens of thousands of dollars on their trip. They spend they walk aboard with ten thousand dollars worth of camera equipment, and they're in automatic because they don't know what their cameras can do. So my mantra is if you get your camera off automatic, you can take better pictures. And there's some very basic things you can do to improve your pictures dramatically. Nothing complicated. It's a matter of understanding what all cameras can do and how you can adjust for the fact that a camera cannot record the detail in both darks and brights at the same time. <clears throat> Excuse me while I have a drink of water. Yeah, and uh, speaking of lighting, I'm here in Colombia, and unfortunately, I don't have good lighting. So I'm kind of like thinking, oh, man, I need better lighting. You know, why is there light over here and dark over here? Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, I'm here, and it's uh, uh, actually over, uh, past 10 p.m. here in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, what can you do? <laughs> but uh, yeah, tell us more about I lighting. I well, I'm, for this, I set up a light up here above me, so it's coming across my face. So you can see the shadow right here. And so this is called modeling light so that one side of my face is a little brighter than the dark side. So it actually makes anybody look good when you do that, but straight on light. Um, so I, I, that's what I teach is to get this side light across people's faces, get some soft light going, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> So you mentioned lighting, and I think uh, the other thing is always like uh, composition, right? Uh, uh, there's always a rule of thirds. And tell us a little bit about the composition, and do you use the rule of thirds, or do you use some other techniques similar to that? Actually, rule of thirds is a very good technique to use, where you divide your image into two vertical and two horizontal lines. And where they intersect, you put an object of interest. So quit centering things. So if I take a picture, like right now where you're sitting, in relation to your camera, you're in my top left. Great composition. But if you were to move to the center, the image becomes quite static. You're balanced. But Picasso said it well. He said, learn the rules like a professional so you can break them like an artist. <laughs> Tell us more. I mean, what does it elaborate on the saying? It's a, it's a profound saying. Elaborate on how that works in practice as a well, photographer. Uh, some uh, uh, I often will organize photo contests on cruise ships, <clears throat> and I've also have been very active with camera clubs where I'm a judge at their photo uh, entries. They have a, um, a competition among themselves, and I, I I rate images. It's the image that is what called it gives the wow factor. It like it causes you to say, "Oh my God." your tongue drops to the floor, that image could be breaking every rule of composition possible. It's about color, it's about light, 
so that sometimes an image that breaks the rules actually is a superior image. So it's a matter of your interpretation. Um, I um, enjoy taking pictures of ethnic cultures and both Anna and I will go into these small little villages around the world and get to know people and, and really interact, uh, eat their food, they, you get invited in through their homes and there you're not gonna have always the best light but you're gonna have this the character the style the the uh, the essence of people and that's what makes a powerful image when you're talking about people photography is capture capture the the charm capture the the expression who cares if it's bad lighting that part of it will make it a superior image but rule of thirds and leading lines are a good thing to look for. If you're really new at getting good fit pictures, use those principles of composition and shoot from below, shoot from above. Um, turn your camera at a 45 degree angle. All those things will help improve your travel photography. Some great tips here, uh, David. Uh, you mentioned early in the interview about how you can actually use your photography and your camera uh, to actually interact with the locals. Uh, a lot of us, we're actually a little bit camera shy to take a picture for the local because you think, oh, am I invading their privacy? Am I, uh, you know, uh, uh, am I offending any religious rules or uh, social rules here? So tell us about how we as travelers can actually interact with the locals and take pictures of them while still honoring the local customs, culture, religion, so on and so forth. Sure, sure. Well, firstly, you need to understand um, their religion, their their culture. Some cultures have taboos about photography. Uh, a very common subject I deal with is the uh, Muslim world, where um, supposedly Muslim women are you're not supposed to take photographs of them. Um, um, it, it varies based on what country you are in. Um, Whatever I do, it doesn't matter who they are or where I'm located. I could be in the jungles of Panama, um, in the long neck villagers of Thailand. I always ask permission. But before I ask, I interact. If I don't know their language and they don't know English, I'll try to pick up a few words. I'll say, Como esta? Salim alikum. Try to do something in their language so they interact with you. Uh, buy their handicraft, compliment them, ask them a question, where is the, the toilet? And, and then in that interaction, I will then, and by the way, I will have a camera around my neck or in my hand. I'll make sure that I know, they know I have a camera. Then I'll say, photo okay? Por favor? Uh, and 95% of the time they will say yes. But if you don't ask, and you just go up to them and take a picture, they're going to look like a deer in the headlights, an ugly photograph, and they're going to be really annoyed with you. They don't. Right. So I always interact, be friendly, have a smile, and then I ask. And the first picture you take, they're posing. That's not the picture you want. It's the second or third picture. They go back to what they're doing. Then you get the killer photograph of people. You interact with them. Uh, you show a genuine interest in what they're doing, and that's how you get those pictures. Most people are afraid to take pictures of people they don't know. Different cultures, 
For example, you are in Bogota, Colombia. You will find that every South American wants their picture taken, without <laughs> exception. They love getting their picture taken. So you'll have no objections from Latin countries. You'll have no objections from most African countries. You will have tons of objections in, in Germany, in the uh, United States, and Canada. People just, they're all hung up. You know, too many lawyers around, and um, they—it's difficult in our in Canada and the United States, uh, some of Northern Europe. Although some countries are really open, uh, in the Muslim world, um, Turkey—you can take a lot of pictures. Uh, just ask permission. Egypt, um, some young Muslim women love their photograph being taken. In Morocco, no way. Uh, you'll never get away with taking a picture of a Muslim woman in Morocco. The, the taboos are very, very strict there. Although Muslim men, no problem. We were in Jordan just when we were there, a month ago, in Aqaba. That's the port of call to visit Petra. And Anna and I were walking along the market, and this Muslim, young Muslim teenager, dressed with her black veil, asked if she could take a selfie with us. That was awesome. She asked us if she could, we could be in her selfie. And I said, of course you can, but I want to take a selfie of us with you and her family. And we did. And ironically, this, 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 um, this incident is a, a good way to describe the benefits of traveling all over the world and meeting different cultures. We were es literally escorting a, a much older uh, Jewish woman from Miami. And she was sort of tagging on with us. You know, she was afraid she was could get lost. You know, she was quite old, but we had no trouble. Come on along. And she commented afterwards. She said, you know, David, I was deathly afraid to visit an Arab country. I thought I would be laughed off the streets. Stones were thrown at me, and all they were were nice. They were super nice to me. You changed my life, but unfortunately, she said, I'm 91 years old. It's a little too late. <laughs> but her compliments were <laughs> the fact that you just open up to people and they respond in a nice way. Um, we've learned this all over the world. Doesn't matter what the cultures are, they really love interacting. Just be nice, smile, give them gifts. We bring stickers and pencils, chocolates, and anything we can, and we hand them out willingly. Um, we give money. If, uh, one, um, one trick that we use, um, uh, you're gonna find that when you go to um, Cartagena, the uh, palanquera, the black women all dressed up with the fruits on their head, mm -hmm. they're going to want money from you. That's their business. So put dollar bills or local currency in your pocket and hand out tips before you even take the picture. Get it out of the way because that's their business. And you'll find in very popular tourist spots such, well, any UNESCO World Heritage Site, um, you're going to find people dressed up in local outfit 
what do you think they're doing it for? That's how they make money. That's their livelihood. So put small bills in your pocket and hand them out, and then you can take pictures of them all day. You get dancers. I mean, in Buenos Aires, uh, you get tango dancers in the street. What a beautiful city Buenos Aires is. Uh, have you been there yet in your travels, Rick? Uh, no, we're actually heading down there. So from, uh, from Peru, we're going to Ecuador, Peru, Chile, and then over to Argentina. So looking forward to going to Buenos Aires. I heard many, many, many good things. Go to La Boca, the restaurants mm. and the tango dancers. It's awesome. So there, um, they'll have a hat on the, in the street. Throw them money and let them make sure they see you doing it. And then you can take photographs as many as you want. And that's their livelihood. So that's what we've learned. Bring small bills and use them. Give them away. It really makes a difference. So, uh, David, we've been covering, uh, you know, general photography tips and especially DSLR. Pretty much nowadays, every single traveler that I know has a smartphone. And it's so much easier just to pull out your smartphone, take a picture, put it back in your pocket and leave. Um, a lot of us don't even have DSLRs. I mean, I didn't actually bring ours on a trip because we have three young ones and it's hard to carry on a DSLR and three young ones and uh, not lose anything and not get stolen, et cetera. So, Let me just get my other camera. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, if you just have, yeah, if you just have a smartphone, um, obviously you can still great take great pictures. So Dave, Dave is going to demonstrate how to do this. And by the way, uh, we record these interviews both on the audio version and the video version. So if you're just listening on iTunes, make sure you watch the video version to see exactly what Dave is going to be okay. doing. Well, I can't really demonstrate a smartphone, or but I can show you what I, I did. This is a, a brand new uh, smartphone. It's an LG G5. I just bought it three months ago. And I'm still learning about the camera functionality. This is like a high-end digital SLR. I can adjust shutter speed, aperture, exposure value, white balance, focus style. I can take panoramas. I can create different patterns. Um, this has as many features as a big, huge SLR camera. Now, the limitation, of course, is kind of a small lens. This one has two lenses, like the iPhone 7S, which um, is a way of improving the quality of your, uh, your pictures. But this takes uh, a 12 megapixel picture. This is awesome. Selfies. We do selfies all over the world. And if you go to our Facebook page, or my Facebook page, um, david.g. Dot M dot Smith is how you find me on Facebook. You'll see all kinds of selfies that we've taken all over the world with this smartphone. camera. I don't carry the big SLRs anymore. Okay. Young chicken. These are heavy. So I bring this. This is a, it, this happens to be a, a Canon, I'm sorry, an Olympus Tough. It's underwater. You can drop it. It's 16 megapixels. I can shoot in RAW. So this is my go-to camera right here. It fits in my pocket. Now I also bring with me a mirrorless Canon SLR with all my big fancy Canon lenses, but I rarely carry those around because that's heavy. Technology is right, quite remarkable. And then of course you got those GoPros for those that are doing video, just awesome. So you can travel with really small devices and get high quality photography. I don't bring a tripod anymore. I, well, I do. 
ready to go. I, I have a little gorilla thing somewhere in the mess. Uh, by the way, we just moved here before this last trip. <laughs> I haven't unpacked yet. So I to do this uh, interview, I had to hide the boxes in the back. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, here it is. Here's my gorilla right here. Yeah. So this is amazing. You can wrap it around uh, railings or people's heads, and I can put my camera on this. Then, of course, you want your selfie stick. <laughs> I actually do a really funny video of people doing selfies all over the world. It's just um, crazy. I don't think I've uploaded it to YouTube yet, but I will. So go to my YouTube channel. Um, by the way, my moniker, my handle is Interface Images. So you can find my website. You can find my YouTube. You can find my Instagram. I have an Interface Images Facebook page, so you can find me through that. And uh, I will, now that I mention it, I'll definitely upload my Selfies Around the World video. It's two minutes long, and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to watching it, David. Uh, David, you've been to over 120 countries plus, and you're aiming to see them all. Uh, tell us about uh, the journey to see so many countries, uh, and also if uh, you have any particular highlights in terms of cities, countries, continents, places, destinations, anything that really stands out for you, David, out of all of your many years and many countries of travel? We get that question all the time, and our typical answer is the last place we visited, We've, uh, that, because we can remember it. But um, our, our favorite places in the, in the, in the world are, are um, I'll give you some cities, I'll give you some really destinations that a lot of, not a lot of people go to, um, but in in overall, our favorite place to go to are the Greek islands. The Greeks, the Greek islanders, are friendly. The it's they're laid back. They're they're honest. Um, I mean, you hear all these problems in Greece, but it doesn't happen on the Greek islands. So for us to go and tr travel on our own, um, we did a trip. We um, managed to go around the world on cruise ships, and end up in Athens. And uh, we spent two months on the island of Crete, just hanging out, just enjoying life, uh, getting to find us at an expensive hotel, uh, rent little scooters and go all over the place and go do buses. I mean, uh, travel is expensive, as you know. And so we don't live high in the hog when we're traveling on our own. We're very cautious and careful. and. Uh, but we've developed relationships with the Greek Islanders and their So we just phoned them up and, hey, it's Dave and Anna. When are you coming? We'll pick you up at the ferry. Um, another area that we really enjoy is uh, Sicily, uh, Italy. I particularly in, enjoy um, the small towns and the, the photo opportunities. Uh, a little uh, medieval village called Taromina, where they had the G7 summit. Uh, we, we were there the day before they showed up, uh, um, military everywhere. Uh, but Cis Italy, Rome, I love getting lost in Rome. Um, Buenos Aires, I mentioned that. That's, um, that's Paris on uh, steroids um, at one-third the price. <laughs> so Buenos Aires, uh, just a wonderful place to walk. Um, be there on, um, go to the uh, San Telmo on a Sunday. There's this incredibly cool market 
you know, local artisans come out and it's all fun and there's music and uh, be sure to do that. South Pacific, um, we've had the fortune of visiting almost all of the major and minor islands in the South Pacific. Uh, one that we particularly love is Morea, uh, just off Tahiti, uh, these idyllic lagoons and great snorkeling. And uh, another island that very few people ever get to is called Wahini. It's part of the French Polynesia, not developed at all. It's just natural, couple of houses on the beach. Uh, you know, that's that idyllic setting that people are always looking for. Very difficult to get there. Um, it's probably a, a, a 30, 45 minute air flight from Tahiti to Wahini, and maybe a, a, a day by um, uh, a boat. And then let's go to um, uh, Africa, uh, particularly enjoy West Africa. We, we visited West Africa a couple of times on a cruise ship. I particularly enjoyed Togo. Uh, Togo, uh, have you been to Togo yet? Uh, um, no, I've only been to two countries in Africa. I've been to the north in Egypt and I've been to the south in South Africa, but oh, yeah. the whole middle, uh, uh, western, not yet, but that's definitely oh, high on the list. People's, what they dress, they, they dress so well. The men, they, it looks, it's this beautiful African fabric. The men wear like, what look like to us, like pajamas, but they're bright and colorful. The men, the women are just, they might be poverty stricken, but they're dressed to the nines. They concentrate on what they look and they're clean and it's just, the cities are kind of, you know, not developed and there's lots of poverty, but even uh, people down in the, down in the dumps are, are, are pay attention to how they're dressed. It's really quite amazing. Uh, Cape Town, awesome, incredible. Um, I think you might have been there. Yes, uh, I, I, I absolutely love Cape Town, one of my favorite cities in the world. And then uh, on this last trip, which we were on for two months, we started in Abu Dhabi and went through the Middle East and all over the Med and France. You, you know what I really love was a, a little town in Spain, south of Barcelona, called Alicante. Uh, it's mini Barcelona and uh, really laid back, wonderful cafes, a beautiful beach. So we're actually going to go back there. And um, uh, a place to have lots of fun is Dublin. Um, you you got to go there. People are so friendly and open and cheerful. Having a beer in your hand helps. And then um, um, I'm trying to go around the world. Uh, our favorite city in North America is New York City. Just so much to do and just to walk that city. Um, we both put 30,000 steps on in four hours a couple of weeks ago when we, we were overnighting in, in New York City. We went to see some plays and ate some food. It's just, my God, so amazing. <laughs> you get the sense I'm excited about travel. <laughs> Well, hey, that's why we do these interviews because we absolutely love fellow travelers and, you know, just uh, you sharing your stories makes me want to go uh, to the South Pacific and to the, those countries you mentioned, Africa and the Middle East, et cetera. And there's so much in the world and there's so much still to see. Uh, you've covered a lot. And, uh, you know, what's your vision going forward? I mean, uh, you've uh, relocated from Vancouver to the Okanagan to be close to your grandkids. You still do the cruise circuit. You mentioned you're booked into 2018. Uh, do you uh, have any big bucket list items that you want to see if you could just 
go there, you would go there tomorrow. Well, um, uh, one, one of my objective is to try to um, travel the entire coastlines of the world. And uh, we just um, were offered, um, an ex when we accepted a trip that takes us from uh, Miami to Singapore via South America, uh, Af West Africa, Cape Town. Wow. And then the area that I haven't seen is Madagascar, uh, East Southeast Africa, and the Seychelles. So once we do that trip, we will have had, with the exception of Antarctica, we will have covered the entire coastline of the world. We've been all over Asia, South Asia. Wow. Uh, it's all around South America, the Baltic. So that's one of my bucket list items. But places that we really want to see that we haven't is uh, Machu Picchu. That we haven't been there. Um, we'd like to travel more into Cambodia. Uh, we really haven't seen Angkor Wat. But those are common destinations. Um, uh, we would like to go back. Always we love Barcelona, going back there. Um, uh, Sydney, Australia. We, what, one of the benefits of traveling so much, as you know, is you develop friendships with people you meet all over the mm. world. Yes. Our local friends have sort of, you know, they don't want to know about what you do. Most of them, right? <laughs> but we have friends all over the world. And in fact, we have a friend that's going to come and stay with us on Wednesday. Uh, she's a crew member of a cruise ship, and we've known her for a long time, and she's going to come and visit us. We have friends that we've met in Sydney, but we didn't meet them in Sydney, Australia. We met them in Greece, and we're going to go stay with her in Sydney when we go there next year. Um, so we have this incredibly active Facebook um, communication system um, where we keep in touch with everybody on Facebook. And um, it's kind of fun to do that. So our intention is actually to go back to and visit our, our dear friends that we've uh, got to know over the last 20 years of intense travel. So uh, once you finish that big uh, cruise uh, trip, you said from Miami uh, down the coast of South America, West Africa, uh, and beyond, uh, how many countries will that be roughly? Do you know the number you're going to be? Yeah, it will be. I, um, I did work it out. Uh, we will have visited 140 countries after that's done. So uh, my goal is 150. Mm -hmm. I want to get to 150. <laughs> Only 150. What about 193? Well, I actually there's a girl. Uh, you might try to interview her. Uh, yeah, Cassandra, Cassandra DePaul, yeah. I know, yes. Yeah, she's done every country in the world, including North Korea and Yemen. <laughs> I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I've got modest goals there, but um, uh, to get to 150 countries um, would be an, a, 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 an ideal situation, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Uh, 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 you mentioned uh, K um, uh, Cassandra. I actually reached out to her. She's my Facebook friend, but she hasn't responded. I think she's gotten a little bit big now with uh, uh, her oh, yeah. accomplishment to be the youngest and I think the fastest uh, woman uh, in history to complete all 193. We have actually interviewed uh, uh, two people who visited every country, Hen Henrik and uh, another fellow. And our goal is actually to interview as many uh, 193 hours as possible. There's yeah. only about a, there's only about a hundred 
120 people who have visited every country in the world. And uh, there have been more people who have gone to outer space than have visited every country in the world. So it's, a, it's a quite an accomplishment. Well, that's a cool analogy. You know, when you're my age, you get to benefit in your list of countries because I can now count East Germany and West Germany as two countries because I actually visited both. <laughs> but that's one country. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. And you never know, even with North Korea, South Korea, in the future might be just one Korea. Who knows? Or no Korea. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, uh, David, we've covered a lot of territory, everything from cruise ships to photography uh, to world travel. Uh, if people wanted to find out more, maybe uh, get some of your courses online uh, and also maybe pick your brain about photography or getting onto cru the cruise ships and also just travel in general, how can they do that? Well, just visit it. My, our, our lead website is interfaceimages.com and if you visit there you'll go to all our links including um, my online photo courses I have on there my fine art um, gallery which I love doing that's very successful for me where I um, I've uploaded images to fine art America and they have print labs all over the world and um, people can order them they print them ship them and I just get money in my PayPal, PayPal account. So that really works for me as a traveler. I don't have to touch the uh, printing process at all. And I've got an interesting gallery there where I put some fine art interpretations on some of my world images. And I have a typical stock photography gallery and um, a blog, a blog which is our photo adventures and travel photography tips. That's interfaceimages.com forward slash blog. And you'll see all kinds of tips and hints. And I do quite a bit of writing. Although we've been traveling so much and moving from one city to another, I haven't done a lot of blog updates. But there's lots of stuff there to look at. Uh, tell us about the name itself. I mean, uh, Interface Images is kind of a creative name. Uh, what does it mean? Well, I, in my business world, when I was self-employed, my company was called Interface Consultants. And Interface in the business concept was to put two different parties together. So that's what I was good at. So I picked up the name and then decided to put the word images behind it. So when I morphed myself from the corporate world to photography, I decided to use interface images. That's the only reason. <laughs> but it is unique. People tend to remember it. Well, hey, thanks for your time today, David. It's been uh, enlightening uh, to hear all about your journeys around the world uh, through cruise ships, through photography, and uh, just uh, amazing adventures you're on and you're going to be on. So best of luck, my friend. I'm sure our paths will cross either in Vancouver, the Okanagan, or somewhere in this beautiful world that we both well, come on, Come on and stay with us. Bring your whole family. We've got lots of room up here. And uh, when you get grounded back here, and give, give me a shout or... Or maybe if you're still in uh, Brazil next um, next year, I'll uh, be blasting through on a cruise ship and we can get together. So <laughs> thank you for your interest. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Rick, all, as always. And it was a pleasure to talk to you, as always, David. Uh, so thanks, David, again for your time. And uh, I'll, put the show, I'll put those links in the show notes if you're watching on, on uh, YouTube or on iTunes. They'll be in the show notes. So thanks again, uh, David, and uh, you know, all the best uh, on your next uh, adventures to come. Fantastic. And pass on my respect in regards to your entire family. <laughs> Take care. I will, I will indeed. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Uh, make sure you check out David's blog. Make sure you check out our, our site on social media as well, where Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast, where we teach you how to make money 
while traveling the world.